I went on a tour with Burt Kreischer like a month ago, and it was unbelievable. I probably took three years off my life just trying to keep up with him. But it was like a PhD masterclass in marketing. Oh, really? Those LA guys are gene. I mean, they're all Chris D'Elia, Theo, Segura. They're all millionaires. Yeah, I know. And we're off in L in New York just trying to, what's that next bit? I need a new tag. Yeah, that's true. That is a big difference. They're killing They sell out theaters. And, you know, Bert had a great point. He goes, you guys all worship Attell in New York. And I was like, yeah, we do. He's the king. And they go, we all worship Rogan. And he's like, look at his career and look at his career. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. He's doing fucking arenas. He's doing the Tacoma Dome. That's right. like 20,000 people. And he's uh, you know, a zillion zillionaire. And his, his podcast gets eight bajillion hits on YouTube alone. And it can make your career. And he owns all these products. And he lives on a compound with an archery and a rock climbing yeah. and all that shit. I'm like, David Tell's got a fucking CVS bag <laughs> yeah, full yeah. of notes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. This weekend, we got Lisa Traeger headlining Big Hunt. Lisa is a regular at the Comedy Cellar and just had a special come out on Netflix. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Mark Norman. About five years ago, Mark was one of Underground Comedy's first headliners. Since then, he's been most places that have stand-up. HBO, Comedy Central, Conan, Fallon, and Colbert, in addition to others. It was great to get a chance to sit and talk comedy with him. We discussed navigating increasingly sensitive crowds, the overstimulation of being a comic, and the difference between how comics in New York and Los Angeles approach their careers. Trying to make a silly, ironic uh, prejudice funny again. Yeah. Because, you know, there's so much real prejudice... You know, like I, I write praise Allah on all my shit. Yeah, yeah. And I've had a bunch of Muslim people email me like that. I like that you do that because it kind of normalizes it. There's such a stigma with it. So if you say it, it's like normalizing it. I'm like, great. How much do you get complaints about it? I have. It's just a bunch of white ladies going like, hey, this is inappropriate. And you're like, shut up. You don't care. Has has like a Muslim person or a black person or an Asian person ever Never. said anything to you? Not once. I mean, maybe I had a black guy be like, you, easy, man. You, you're going to get in trouble if you do that. Like, almost worried about me, but never like, that hurt. That was offensive. I, I took umbrage with that. I've always been worried about you. Yeah. I've been, since, for, from the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, oh, not, not because I was not never worried about your standup, but the podcast. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to, the hammer is going to be swift and mighty. You think but, so? You think it's going to happen? It seems like it seems like maybe it's not. Well, I'm not famous. They, they only kill you when you're famous. It yeah. seems like, you know, like comedians in cars, no one cared about the diversity until it got like big. Well, it was weird, too, because I feel like everybody liked that show at first. Of course. And then kind of everybody just decided that they hate Jerry Seinfeld and they hate Larry David. Yeah. Um, Do they hate Larry David now? Yeah, they, he got a lot of uh, backlash from the last season of Curb, and I think is that right? Yeah, I think people started, um, and I'm just speaking of like the furthest liberal mm. Twitter people. Wow! But I, I think it was kind of like, hey, wait a minute, you're just rich. You're a rich guy, and you're kind of complaining to a bunch of people that work at restaurants and mm. hotels and everything, and you know it's kind of fucked up because. You're giving these people a hard time, but they're just doing their job. Right. But you're a billionaire. So that yeah. was, I think that was like the root of the backlash. And the same thing with Seinfeld. You're, you're one of the richest people in the country mm -hmm. and still complaining. Yeah. Well, I feel like 
that is a thing on Twitter, but these guys are still beloved. Like oh, you have yeah. the meanest Twitter comment guy. If Seinfeld walked in the room, he'd be like, can I get a photo? Yeah. You know, I <laughs> right. think that's all for show. Like when Seinfeld said he wasn't doing colleges, yeah. all these people on tour are like, oh, he can't hang. He's over yeah. the hill. He's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, he's 65 years old. You know, maybe he's got a different take than these kids. Yeah. That's okay. So, so do you feel that way? Do you, what do you, how do you feel about the super PC young people? I think it's uh, I think it's a bummer, but I think it also shows, I, I think there's some good parts to it and this, this bittersweet. Like when I started comedy, this wasn't even a, a notion. Like you didn't even think about that. You just told your jokes and right. offensive jokes were fun. And this is nice because it kind of weeds out the guy who would come on stage and go, boy, women can't drive, huh? And it wasn't really funny, but he was just saying it for shock. Yeah, an, yeah, yeah. So now we all hate that guy. We hated him before, but now like that guy's kind of been pushed out. Yeah. But then there's the other side of it where you go, uh, my gay roommate. And people go, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, I said my roommate. Like <laughs> you, you're, you're just looking to get mad now. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's buzzwords. Though, those, you say certain words. Yes. It's interesting, too, because it does, it does create tension, oh, which yeah. can make a more interesting performance and also like totally. bigger laughs yes when you when you relieve the tension it's an instrument but you have to learn how to tune it because it and then in learning how to tune it is a lot of humiliation and pissed off people yeah because before it works it's just offensive exactly exactly and it, in the words of patrice all jokes come from the same place you know just if, if that pissed you off and this one made you happy they both started as a kernel yeah, and you gotta let that kernel blossom or not blossom, right? Mm. Because I, you have a lot of um, you have like very structured jokes. Yeah, and a lot of your premises will make people kind of get uncomfortable. Sure, and then you'll win them over with like a series of punchlines or charm. And it's, it's like the core of your standup is like you want to challenge conventional wisdom mm -hmm. or society's rules. Yep, and but you also have the need to be liked of course and then they so they go together so you come out you challenge the rule <laughs> everyone says you can't do this you're like why can't i do this and right. like, you can't shut up about it don't right. talk about it and then you charm them uh -huh. and then that's kind of the game well you charm and it's like that what was it is it who, who said that oscar wilde you know if you're going to tell the truth you better be funny yeah and i feel like every thing on twitter everything online is all just we're morally superior, we're woke, we're good, we're good. And then I get in a room with people and they go, can you believe this shit? This is ridiculous. And you're like, yes, yes. So I think there's a real underlying honesty with people. And on the on the face of it, there's, it's all bullshit. Yeah, because it is the difference between having a conversation with someone and publicly posting something. Exactly. You're exactly. really putting it out there for people to, to you're displaying your opinion yes. for people as opposed to interacting with another person right and i'm not a black guy i'm not a woman i'm not a gay guy and i feel like a lot of black guys go up and go police are fucked up uh racism sucks because of this and you don't know what it's like for me and I'm, I'm just a white guy so my angle is let's talk about all the bullshit out there like all the right. fake stuff because i don't have a, a plight you know right. what i mean so my plight is let's try to keep it honest yeah, it's funny. You know, it's funny to watch uh, like Tony Woods. Mm -hmm. at, at, he's at Big Hunt all the time. And he has sim like a similar style to you in a way where he's doing, you know, he's he's closer to your podcast where he'll really? do. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll do some Asian voices. <laughs> right, right, he'll right. do all kinds of stuff. But 
he's an older black guy and you're like well you're a fucking 30 year old white dude like yeah maybe uh just like go along with with what he's with what he's doing sure i i just can't i just uh it's in me it's it's <laughs> innate i have to talk about it yeah where do you think that comes from what do you think the the root of that is that's a good question i mean i think maybe i got a dusting of autism where i just see things literally and uh you like, do you do interpret things literally yeah it's all literally you know people go big is beautiful and i go okay if you say so but then i go why are you going to the gym right you know and then they go fuck you and i'm like well you lied to me yeah you know? and they're like i'm not lying i'm just you know come on they always give me the come on asshole and i'm like okay so come on asshole means just go with it you piece of shit you know and i'm like well you said a false thing so but do you, you know. say but like so you you started talking doing a, a newer joke i think about rich people right? yeah and so it's so it's interesting because it's like do you really think that people are giving rich people too hard of a time do you feel bad for rich people or are you just annoyed with the display of i'm annoyed with the hypocrisy yeah i don't care about rich people i don't care about poor people i don't care about anybody i care about you (laughs) lying that's what bugs me like we have these pick and choose kind of things you know like you're allowed to be hateful towards this but if you're hateful towards that you're a bigot but what about the other one and you know and so my i feel like my job is to come in and nitpick that yeah do you do you feel like audiences have changed at all in the way that they react to these jokes oh sure i mean it's like we said again it's the uh that triggered thing i hate to use the word triggered it is no it is what it is it's an immediate reaction to yeah topic right and i I notice a lot of comics now doing like the i'm not racist but or i love i support trans but here's my trans joke and i'm like ah i don't want to do all that shit i'm just gonna tell the joke i'm not a bad guy I'm a good guy. I'm on your side. I just am trying to keep it honest. Yeah. You know, I had that joke in my old special about uh, people go, Caitlyn Jenner is a beautiful woman. And I'd say, well, you kind of look like her. And they'd go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that, that joke sums up my whole personality, my whole act. Yeah. Because it, I just want to get to the root of it. Let's, be, let's keep it real here. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's very true. And real is funny. Uh, and yeah. it's almost cathartic. You hear it and you kind of go, ah. Yeah, it is cathartic, and it does it does destigmatize uh, some of the topics and take a little yes. bit of the the tension out because there is a lot of, especially in D.C. There's a lot of racial tension in D.C. Sure, and um, you know, so sometimes sometimes it's nice to be able to find some common ground that's like not not nothing too serious. You know, it's yeah. it's mostly playful. Like you're not making like you're not making like political statements. No, you're no. playing on kind of just these. These ideas that people get wrapped up in online, especially. Yes. A lot of it is it's just really getting wrapped up online. Yeah, and it shows how good we have it as a country is where we're like, like think about in the 60s, the news was a half hour, and they had to put all the shit in news, like Vietnam's happening, Nixon is getting impeached, uh, you know, lynching or, or, or civil rights or Martin Luther King or the, or the moon. Yeah. And now we have news at 24 hours a day, so we have to put in comedians said kooky thing yeah like we just need news so you just throw it all in yeah i'm completely addicted to the news I, I read twitter all day long and it uh and it's just like it's there's bad. always something going on it's very bad it's just pumping in negative 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 yeah yeah although i will say like i i do think that there there is some value to some of these arguments that totally. are being made i and, agree and as i read it even though it's hard to read after a while and it gets very tedious, you know, it's like when I read a lot of it, I'm like, you know what? I thought that, you know, everybody 
had mostly a, a fair shake or whatever. And now I'm realizing like, oh, wow, there's, you know, like w- one thing my friend said to me was like, he was talking about starting a show mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, why don't you just go to find a venue and go talk to the owner and mm-hmm. try to start it. And he's like, do you think I can just as a black person just walk in? You think they're going to like take me seriously the same way they treat you when you walk in? And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it never occurred to me that I can walk into these places and talk to the owners and it's different. Right. Uh, just because they're prejudiced and it's not against me, but it is against him. So then I'm like, okay, so yeah, there is a kind of an unfair advantage. And then, then the more you read of it, which is just, right. it's nonstop. And you're yeah. like, you're like, okay, wow, there's tons and tons of things going on out there. And I do agree with like pushing, trying to, trying to challenge some of the language and some of the ideas, which are racist and sexist, mm-hmm. uh, to move things forward. But then it can also, it can get to a point where it's really not about the issue anymore. Yes. It's about the person that's saying it. Yes. And, and it, it feels good to them and they get off on a little bit, like pushing that fighting that good fighter and pushing yeah. back on the man. And you're like, you're just punching a wall for no reason. Like this guy's trying to get equality and you're just yelling at a random comedian. Well, you're just trying to show that you're on the right side. Really. Yeah. You're just trying to, and it's good to show that you support sure causes, um, Go support. Don't, but, don't don't yell at somebody for no reason. That's not yeah. helping. So do you remember, like, I felt like there was a time in comedy where the alt comedy and, and kind of club comedy kind of came together. And it was just all kind of like one mm-hmm. thing for a while. Yeah. And it was kind of like you'd hear Gaffigan talk about going to the alt rooms, yep, yep. right? That was like a big thing. And like Louie would drop in on them. And then in like everybody liked Louie at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of the seller was very respected. It was all kind of one thing. And then it feels like over the past couple of years, as the kind of online fighting and stuff has gotten more and there's been more controversy, obviously with Louie, and then the seller as a result, that Mm -hmm. now there is more of like a little, a divide that's more noticeable. Do you notice that in New York? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn is almost its own comedy scene. And do you go there? I do. I I try to dip my feet in all the all the ponds, you know, because mm-hmm. I just want to be a funny guy. I, right. I want my jokes to be good jokes and not just these kind of jokes are good for these people or this crowd. But it is, there is a, you know, a stigma or a vibe, I feel like, just being there. I'm like, oh, you guys aren't really laughing at jokes. You're just kind of, you're picking what you want people to see you laugh at yeah. and what's mm-hmm. appropriate and, and, and they're waiting to fight and they're all, they're foaming at the mouth to, to cut you down on some offensive shit. So I'm like, it's not, it's definitely not as fun, but it's more of a, uh, obstacle course. Of yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a different challenge. Oh yeah. Cause I could imagine, you know, you're headlining clubs a lot of weekends mm-hmm. there. I mean, you go into different cities that are a little bit different, but it's, sure. That that's kind of like a, a repetitive thing, yeah. As opposed to when you get into those like real alt rooms, then you're you're just dealing with a, some a completely different kind of audience. It's oh, a whole yeah. new audience. Do you change your jokes or the joke selection? Maybe the selection, or maybe I won't open with a certain thing. Yeah. But I do it all. I, I still it's my act. I got to do it. You know, I don't really do have you, other jokes set aside. Is there a point where you're like? I want this joke to work in every room mm-hmm. where, or do you get to a point where you say, I want it to work in 90% of rooms, but there's a 10% that they're just so far yeah. in a direction that there's just, it's kind of hopeless. Totally. And that goes both ways. You know, you got the crazy Brooklyn fat chick with blue hair and shaved on the side who just, 
I don't want you to laugh. You're you're just out for blood here. And yeah. then I got the crazy Trump MAGA hat guy where I'm like, I don't know if I want you to laugh either because you're, you're looking for a whole other agenda. Oh, yeah. Do you run into that? Do you run into um, like racist people that like t- are taking your jokes the wrong way? Yeah, I've had that before. Does and that ever make you change anything? It makes you cringe a little bit like, whoa, easy, buddy. You know, Bill Burr has that thing. He's like, all right, this ain't a rally here. Take it easy. Yeah. And uh, I feel the same way. Like Bill Burr has all those like, gold diggering whores or, or evil and people are like yeah and he's like all right slow down and so you got to watch that but i feel like if you tell the truth as patrice o'neill said you can't fuck with the truth and i feel like if you just keep it honest and i'm not saying a lot of times they want to attack you you know you go women get very hormonal when they're pregnant people go you don't know about women fuck you yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm just saying what i read in a biology book like go get mad at the book yeah you know yeah. but they just come to you because you said it yeah it's just uh yeah, it's just quick to defend the people that they think that they they think that it's now their their job yeah. to to defend them, and uh, you know at the end you're like, well, this was just, these are jokes. This is a comedy show. You gotta just you gotta give it some time. Yeah. There are people who are offensive comedians, and I don't sure. blame people sure. for not liking it or walking yeah. out. Um, They're allowed to be offensive. Everybody's allowed to feel the way they feel, but just stop yelling at me over <laughs> some bullshit. Uh, yeah. I, I did a couple jokes the other day and some guy goes, a lot of Jewish jokes, huh? And I said, well, they were black jokes, but I, if I say black, <laughs> you guys shut down. So I had to make it Jewish because that is okay in your yeah. dumb minds, which I thought it was all about treating everyone equally. Yeah, how do you take that? That got a big laugh. Yeah, it's and funny. It, it's true. It's like, I changed it because you're a fucking idiot. You you just hear certain words and I know you think you're a hero, but you're just, you're just being dumb. It's like paint by number. Tra- he said trans, bad. White lady, bad. Uh, lady, good. Black lady, good. Like, there's this, like, fat, category. Bad. Fat, bad. Yeah, it just keeps going. And that's why, to me, doing the rich joke is fun, because I'm like, I'm going against the grain. Yeah, you definitely are going against the grain. But if and I it is funny to work, it's the best feeling. And that's the ones people really latch on to it. That's interesting, because I never thought about the, like, the slightly autistic mm-hmm. part of it. But that really is what it is, is that you're taking things overly literally. Yes. And it's giving you a different perspective than yes. everyone else because you're you're evaluating what the words actually mean. And everyone else is like, this is a figure of speech that it it is meant to it, it we take it to mean something slightly different. And uh-huh. then you're taking it literally. And then you have the different perspective and it opens up the possibility for jokes. Right. Because right. then you can see it a different way. And that's you have to see it a different way to be a comic. If exactly. you're seeing it the same way as everyone else, you're just repeating back their own ideas to them and that's that's not anything. That's what got me Mitch Hedberg, rice is great when you're hungry for two thousand of something. <laughs> yeah. That joke is great because that's just the way he sees it. Right. You know? Exactly. That's exactly the same thing. Same yes. thing. I'm just doing it a little more, I guess, edgy wise. But he's it's the same. Right. That's yes. what comedy is. Yeah. He's more absurd. Yes. And you're more interested in society as opposed to. Yes. Just kind of random objects well, or things. There's so many. Uh, there's so much nuance. Like I heard a I heard a comic. I forgot who it was, but it was a great joke that I wish I had written about how he's like, I like Asian women. I have a thing for Asian women. And they were like, oh, you're a creep. And then the white girl was like, I like black guys. And they're like, oh, cool. And he's like, well, what's the difference? You can like black guys, but if I like Asian women, I'm a creep. And I thought, like, that's a great, that's a Mark Norman-esque yeah, sure premise that I wish I had written. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. I know, I was bummed. Maybe I'll buy it from I think you probably have, like, you get, like, all of your jokes are right around it. Like, you've, yeah. you've completely surrounded that idea without saying it. Right. From right. all your, if you add up all your other jokes. So you, how many different hours have you written, like, 
two or three? The this I just did an album that's coming out in August, and that'll be my third hour. And now, so you're working on your fourth. And I'm wor- I have about twenty minutes of a fourth, and that's what I've been doing this weekend. And have you noticed a change in your style at all? Yeah, I, I feel like the jokes. Uh, my first album, you know, first album. It's <laughs> right. a lot of like half baked. The premise might be good, but I couldn't execute the big finish of the joke or whatever. And now the, this third one, I feel like was really this is my best one it, you just want to get better every time yeah yeah and it, you know it's got short jokes that are killer that i like pepper in and then it's got like big pieces like nine minute chunks that i throw in and nice. those have junk jokes in it and then they all end you, know, you always want that button on the end of a chunk definitely so the first album i kind of was like i don't have a button but fuck it yeah yeah you that is a very first album yeah thing. yeah Be- totally. because it's hard to get them yeah it's hard if you write a long thing it doesn't mean you're going to be able to come up with something that's big enough to yes. end it on. You can end it on a joke, mm-hmm. but can you end it on a satisfying closing up the whole segment joke? Right. And that's uh, that's that's hard to do. It's hard to do, and it's easy to just move on because you go, yeah, Man, yeah. That's staring- what you do when you're young. You move yeah. on from it. I've been staring at this for six months. It's got no any Fuck it. I got to put an album out. You know. Yeah, but- I have jokes that I just ditch the entire chunk because it's like wow. it builds up, but I just. It's got a big laugh in the middle of it. Yeah. And I don't have any. Maybe you I can just make the middle of the end. Couldn't manufacture it. Yeah. Then a lot of times I'll just cut a joke in half and yeah. it just ends halfway. That's not bad. Yeah. It's fine. But it's you not. No. But yeah, you know, and it's also like this is only half the idea that I wanted to talk about. Right. This right. isn't the full thing. And yeah, a lot of my jokes are that. They're just the parts that work mm. of these like bigger uh, bigger concepts that I wanted to get into. Right. Right. Now there's an epidemic of. The way they used to be just like crazy over the top hacks, you know, now there's over the top preachy oh, and, yeah. and not funny and not have any jokes. And I, I get the whole like you want to save the world and change things and, and use your platform for good. But that's not what this is about. It's about being funny. So if you can use it for good and be funny, that's great. I think you can do both. I, I think, think you do both, too, but it's rare. I think, like you know, it was kind of keeps like dawning on me. And part of it is because I see... When I get home from shows, I'll get home at like two o'clock in the morning and I'll eat and I'll just turn Comedy Central on. And a lot of times it's Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. So I see Chappelle show a lot now. And so it just makes me it just reminds me of him. And then I, I'm like, you know, a lot of the stuff he was talking about and Chris Rock was talking about mm-hmm. in his specials. That's very woke stuff yeah. that people are talking about now. But somehow it was just taken as comedy back then. I don't know. I don't remember it feeling so um, like politically charged. No, Whereas not at all. people are kind of talking about the same ideas now, but there's like a huge, like a, a different intensity to it. Yes. Well, I remember that. What was that? Blind white supremacist. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. One of the most brilliant, poignant, funny sketches of all time. What a great premise. That idea is so good. And Chappelle said he got like thousands of letters of people like this is offensive you should be fired this is blah and I, I remember being like wow you got these who would hate that and then i thought oh this is before twitter so now all those twats just are letters. just putting it out there willy-nilly there's not even a, a pen and a paper and a stamp it's just so it, it, the convenience is so much easier that you're gonna have millions of those, and that's why we're seeing it. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to write a letter, figure out the address. You know, you can just boom. It's on Twitter on my phone. Totally. 
I know you like you. You're known for like running around from mm. show to show. Oh yeah. Are you still still you, doing it? You're not backing off of that at all. No, no. Especially when you get that. I'm like a dog with a bone. When I got that new bit that's almost there, I gotta run it. I want to run it like four times in a night, or else you know it's like if you wanted to learn the piano, you wouldn't just do ten minutes and then do it again tomorrow. You'd keep doing it for an hour. So I figured the running around sucks and it's a pain in the ass, but. I just look at it as working the bit out a lot. Yeah. And I try to just zone out during the subway ride or the cab ride. That's good. That's it's impressive. I remember one time on uh, Tuesdays with Stories, you you were talking about, I just related to it so much. You were, you were talking about how your girlfriend wanted to go to a concert mm-hmm. and you're like, well, can we do Molly or something? Like, I can't just sit there and and watch a concert. Yeah, like I what? Can't. And I'm, But I have that same thing from like, from producing so many shows and running around doing so <laughs> right. many things and then, you know, drinking all the time, smoking weed, doing drugs. And then you're like, and then somebody's like, you want to go to a movie? And it's like, what? Yeah. How am I going to sit in a movie? Like, totally. I'm just going to sit there and I need stare. a drink or a yeah. mushroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, but then, then like regular life becomes like so boring. I know, I know. But well. But the other part is exhausting. Yeah, of course. Isn't that funny that sitting, what other people call entertainment and is like stress relieving and soothing for us is like, this is work. Well, you get that. You just, all of the the performing and the drugs and the running around Mm -hmm. and seeing comics, even just hanging out with comics is like extremely stimulating. Yes. It's very, very stimulating. And so it is just one stimulating thing after another and right. on top of like the anxiety of working your jokes out of getting right. to the show on time and then you go back to regular life you're at a reg- a party with oh, with regular people nightmare and then uh or you you got to go to work or some type of office in- environment oh, and it's like brutal you can't you can't do it almost can't do it yeah your bar for stimulus that's a great way to put it it's all stimulating like i would rather have a conversation with you about comedy or with another comic or whoever, then go to any kind of show. That's why yeah. you got to get laid. You got to do shrooms. You got to have a beer. We, we have ADD of experiences. Yes. Like I can have a conversation because it's stimulating, but I can't just watch something. I got the ADD. I need a better experience. Yeah. It's not enough. Yes. It's not satisfying enough. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's like a more intense thing out there. It's funny because I, I started listening to your podcast very early on because I, I met Joe when he was at Arlington Draft House. Oh, he loves you. Yeah, I love Joe too, you guys. And then I love the podcast oh, immediately. thanks. I, big fan. Uh, two's gay. All right. Praise the Lord. You know what's funny? I was... Uh, when somebody said Two's gay last night, you you never mention your podcast on stage, right? No, I, I, it's the low self-esteem. I figured... You can't bring yourself to say it? Nah, I figure one person maybe has heard it. And I don't want to be one of those comics like... Well, you could promote it though. That's true. That's true. I should do that. I don't... I mean, it's a... I was... Because you... We, you're kind of you're a purist you're a comedy purist yeah and so you care about the jokes you care about working hard you care about doing everything right Mm -hmm. you don't you're not selling merch at shows you're not promoting (laughs) your comedy yeah your podcast at shows you know like you're doing everything in in a very pure way but i i when when the person yelled that out last night i was like Oh, you could just tell people what he's referring to and it would promote your podcast. And then I was like, well, you could actually say it at every single show. And uh, you guys are (laughs) together out in front of so many people. I know that it uh, it might be in your best interest if you can stomach it. You're probably right. But also when he said that, I remember thinking, oh, I need something funny here. And I couldn't think of anything funny. And I just moved on. Yeah. 
But I well, need a funny thing. That's that's how weak I am. You could like I see a lot of headliners will just get when they get close to the end, maybe before their last joke, they'll say like, "Thanks so much for coming out. I got a podcast. It's called yeah. this. If you want to check it out." Another one with that. It's funny. It's me and this other guy. And then you just go into your last bit, close right. and end. Or you can close and then say, thanks so much, check out the podcast, whatever. Even if you get 1% of or 2% of every audience, I'm well, on the road every weekend. Well, once your podcast is getting to the point where there's some money coming in from it and it's like an actual part of your career, mm-hmm. it might be worth... Sure, take, sure. I mean, I understand. Like, I feel that way too. I don't feel kind of gross about like promoting things and mm-hmm. like not just having a great set and getting out of there. But, you know, it's probably for the best to yeah, just build right. it up. Because I, that's really like I should make a bit out of it. That would be a good compromise. Oh yeah, to, to do it and not hate myself. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people there who've never seen you before, and don't know much about you. Yeah, yeah. That may have really enjoyed the show and mm-hmm. then would be interested to check out the podcast. You're so probably I probably right. I think uh, that's that's my advice. But when uh when I first started listening to the podcast, I think you had just maybe got out of a long relationship mm-hmm. and you were kind of running around. Oh yeah, with all the ladies and I you and Joe were like two different parts of my life because I had a part where I got out of a serious relationship and I went around and I was like hooking up with everybody and I was drinking like crazy Uh and then I got into a long relationship and now I'm a little bit older and I'm just chilled out and I'm I'm much closer to Joe now in terms of my outlook on things Uh you know it's just like now I'm married it's like I'm taking it easy we're just planning a vacation it's not <laughs> i'm not like you know i've been getting hammered yeah i'm not getting hammered anymore i'm not and I, i'm not hooking up with people and i'm i'm trying to settle down I, even like this past year i've tried to just i've just tried to relax and like be calm and like read sure and uh not have like the constant stimulation from the phone stimulation from being yeah, out yep. like taking nights off and stuff but it's like then i'll start to get i'll start to sl- slow down so much that I'll start to feel down because mm. I'm like, because I'm not moving enough. There's oh, like not enough stimulation. Yeah. And I'm like, I only know how to, g- I can only go nothing or everything. Uh-huh. I have a little of that too. I can hermit crab the fuck out of a couple days. Like yeah. I can stay indoor, shades drawn, uh, YouTube, movies, yeah. uh, podcasts, and just never leave, write some jokes. Like today, I was, I woke up, we went out, I was hungover. When I'm hungover, everything, anxiety, depression, it all just spikes. And, all the comics are like, let's go get lunch. And my first initial reaction every single time is, fuck that. Other people can't handle it too much. And then I always just go, just do it. I know you're scared. I know you're a weirdo. I know you're introverted, but just do it. And every time I do it, it's scary and awkward for the first 10 minutes. And then I'm extremely glad I did it. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Those are like great lessons to learn. That's I, that's why comedy is so important. You like people, you get up every night. What are you crazy? I'm like, if I don't get up every night, I'll, I'll fade away from it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. You that's like a, you you can never stop doing comedy once mm. you start. No way. It just uh, you lose it so fast. It's I think working out the muscle dies immediately. And it dies in going. like a week. Yeah, <laughs> in a less week, maybe. You're like, yeah, yeah. Really, after a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Do you have interest in like in doing things other than stand up in comedy? Uh, yeah, sure. I like, um, I'd like to shoot some videos. I would like to do, I have these weird ideas, but I'm such a coward that I never really do them. Like even Napchat. Have you seen my Napchat? No. Oh, I do this thing on Instagram where I just photograph people sleeping in public and I call it Napchat 
like Snapchat. Yeah. And it's caught on, and now people are sending me Snapchats from Israel and Russia and Australia, and I just repost them, and it's become this thing. And I remember thinking, like, this is so dumb. Why would anybody? And now it's a, a hit, kind of. Oh, wow. So I'm like, all right, now do your next idea. And I still am too cowardly, but I'm going to do it. And maybe some won't hit, and maybe some will. And just, I'm so scared of that failure. But yeah. I went on a tour with Burt Kreischer like a month ago, yeah. all over Europe, 14 cities. 10 or 12 shows. It was, was insane. A, was this on a bus? No, it was Europe. So we flew oh, okay. from town to town. I took a train. And it was unbelievable. I probably took three years off my life just trying to keep up with him. But it was like a PhD master class in marketing. Oh, really? Those LA guys are gene. I mean, they're all Chris D'Elia, Theo, Segura. They're all millionaires. Yeah, I know. And we're off in, L- in New York just trying to, what's that next bit? I need a new tag. Yeah, that's true. That is a big difference. They're killing They sell out theaters. And, you know... Bert had a great point. He goes, you guys all worship Patel in New York. And I was like, yeah, we do. He's the king. And they go, we all worship Rogan. And he's like, look at his career and look at his career. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. He's doing fucking arenas. He's doing the Tacoma Dome. That's right. like 20,000 people. And he's uh, you know, a zillion zillionaire. And his, his podcast gets eight bajillion hits on YouTube alone. And it can make your career. And he owns all these products. And he lives on a compound with an archery and a rock climbing yeah. and all that shit. And I'm like, David Tell's got a fucking CVS bag <laughs> yeah, full yeah. of notes. <laughs> yeah. so, it's true. That's because right. you guys are purists. Yeah. You're trying to be pure. And they're, they're having big careers. Oh, yeah. What is, but what did you learn? Like, what, what does, what's, the, what's the technique that he's using? The technique is, and I'm giving it all away here, it's you can't. You can have the greatest jokes on the planet. If they don't care about you, it's they got to love you. They got to tether themselves to you. Like, that's my guy. Like, Segura, people go, that's my guy. I love your mom's house. I love his whole thing. I love his whole vibe, his look, everything, his his personality. But I, maybe Sam Morrill might have better jokes than Segura. Sure. But you just like Segura. You know who he is. I don't, no one knows who Sam Morrill is. Yeah. He's just a stoic Jew with a deep voice. Same you with know? you. Same with me. I'm all, I'm all got walls up, but I'm working on this bit like it's my fucking, uh, my, my child where I just got to make it perfect and no one cares. So Bert's point was like, just give it 80-20. Give it 80-20, 80 purest, 20 marketing. Yeah. It's just you, right now you're at 99 and 1. Right. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. So I, I'm. I'm putting clips on Instagram. I'm putting videos on Twitter. I'm uh, I'm trying to be, you know, you got to walk around filming yourself going, hey, guys, I'm in D.C. Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday. You know, <laughs> I can't do any of that shit, but it, it helps. You know, what's funny, though, but it, you can do it because ah, just because weird. you do it in real life. Mm. Be- you you're more even though you're you're introverted and can, can be, you know, awkward. Yeah. You power through it mm-hmm. with your. You, your charm because uh-huh. you, you want to overcome it and you want people yes. to like you. So then you slap on the back, you joke around, you have your, your little riffs that yes. you do and you do it in real life. Uh huh. You just have to record it. I just have to record it. You're already doing it. You're just not putting it out there. I'm just such a cunt. I feel like I put out one and some guys go, who's this douche? I know. I go, yeah. Ah, you, delete it. it. Well, that's part of the thing about like, it's tough with comics cause you're comics want to, they want to cut down anything that's that's not pure. Yeah. And so if you're in that school, then you get it in your head and you're it's right. really hard to overcome it. But at the end of the day, you got to at a certain point, you just have to go for it. And you, you can see it. that you guys still do it. You've 
promoted your podcast. Right, you started a right. thing. You guys put up clips. You created a Patreon. Like you've gone, you've done it. Like e- even though it was maybe reluctantly or or slower than some sure, people that are sure. marketing minded. Yeah, you you've gone there, and you know it's just about taking the next steps. I think. I know, and, and the clock's ticking. You know, we're not getting any younger, and we got to make this happen. Do you feel pressure? Oh yeah. Oh completely. I mean. Comics are always looking at levels. What level am I at? For yeah. my, is it does that equal my age? I need more money. Should I have a bigger apartment? Should I be married now? Should right. I have a Netflix special or multiple specials? You know. So, how always, do you feel about where you are? I'm okay because uh, I think I'm kind of respected as a comic. That sounds douchey to say, but right. I think people go, "Oh, he's a funny guy." No, you're and respected. Yeah. To me, that's all that matters. Like. I can't get a Netflix special. I've tried. I get tweets all the time. Why don't you have a Netflix special? I go, I don't know. They don't want me. But just the fact that other comics go, oh, we got Norman on the show. That's good. Like, I just want to be, you know, a, a solid act and, and known as a good comic yeah. over. I don't need fame. I don't need that much money. I just. Uh, but you have gotten to a point where you're able to sell a decent amount of tickets in a weekend. Yeah. So you are making you're making enough money to like you're not poor anymore. No, no, I'm doing all right, but again, I'm nowhere near. You're not but but you're not set. I'm not set. Like, you know, you have to keep going. Yes. You have it's like you're in a place where it's like, okay, well you can feel comfortable, right? You can take Ubers and right, stuff like that. Right. You don't have to stress out about going out to eat, but you got to keep going. Got to keep going. You if you're going to have a full life. You can't know? let off the gas at all. Like uh, Bert told me what he made in January. Yeah. And I was like, God damn. That's the, well, that's the crazy thing about, I mean, the way capitalism works, but just uh, the way that it works now with being able to, to contact your fans directly mm-hmm. is there's no cap on how much money you can make. No, no, sir. Because can, since you can talk to your fans directly, you can capture all of the money yourself mm-hmm. and it's unlimited amount of money because you, there's always more people that can come to see you. Right. You can just get bigger and bigger and bigger and yep. you just get all of it. Exactly. But you know, there's, there's 10 people right now who can do that. I you know. know. Or 20 maybe. And it's getting bigger. The amount of people yeah. who can do, it's getting bigger and bigger. Definitely. LA smart yeah. cause they help each other. They like cross promote like Theo's yeah. huge and he goes on Delia's and then they all, they come doubly huge. Yeah. Yeah, you got to start going on Cometown. I would love to go on Cometown. Yeah, those guys. That was like your your podcast made me nervous for you guys when you're doing Chinese accents. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, then uh, Cometown started and I was like, yeah, I, th- I guess you guys are fine. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're behind a paywall, though. No, they're not. Oh, they're not. Uh-uh. Oh, well, good for them. No, they're not at all behind a paywall. They, right. One of them, one of their episodes is and the other one's free. Okay. So do you think that... Uh, the podcast can can grow into something beyond the podcast. Like, hmm. do you want to do you want to work with Joe? Do you want to just do con- like you just want to do stand up? What do you have a vision? Well, we've tried everything with the pod. Like, we've had producers come up to me and go, "Oh man, he's the sober guy. You're the drunk uh, womanizer. Oh, this right, is an right. odd couple. This is beautiful." And then we pitched like four. We pitched a travel show where we both go to a town, and I go out and get laid, and he does you know goes to the library, and then we pitched another one where. We just go to one venue and just trash it, you okay. know. Like we, we there's a video on YouTube of us at a museum in the Bronx, and it's this lady showing us around. And we're just doing jokes about the artifacts, 
and we've tried everything. Like a, we tried a, a cartoon show where we tell the story, and a cartoon comes on of the yeah, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tried everything. Nobody cared. It's two white guys. It's offensive. It's it's the exact opposite of what the industry wants right now. So we'd love to just have it just be a huge pod, just like a giant yeah. like Corolla right. type podcast, just giant fan base where I'll go do the road and Tuesdays will come out and. The Tuesdays are great because they know the act. They know that you're a douche and offensive oh, yeah. and, and fun and freewheeling. Yeah, they're 100% on board. Oh, yeah. And consider you a close personal friend. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Well, it's a weird thing. I mean, it's that's like the bizarre thing when you have a podcast where it's like a buddy podcast. People think that they're your buddy. Oh, so then they, totally. And, and it's like, I mean, even even me listening to it, even though I know you personally, I know much more about you from the podcast yeah. just as you're talking about it. And it's, it's a kind of a weird, you, you must have so many weird interactions. So many weird re- interactions. Cause I try to talk about everything that happens in my life and I have people come up going, Oh, anything happened with the robbery? I'm like, huh? I'll be at the airport. Just yeah. Some guy will come up to me. I'm like, Oh, the podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the way, that's how, you know, bird is right. Anytime I've talked about something, the robbery meeting Seinfeld, all these big events in my life, my numbers spike because mm. people are like, oh, they're they're in it, they're involved. We're in his life a little bit. That's what they want. They yeah, want to be absolutely. in your life. Do you want? Do you want to try to incorporate that in your stand-up ever? Yeah, I, I'm not good at it. People always go, you got robbed. You get ten minutes out of that, and I'm like, oh, maybe I will. And I'll sit down and I'm like, I don't care. This isn't interesting to me. I only write about what what I find interesting. Uh, yeah, I have a tough time with like trying to write about political stuff mm-hmm. because I'm like, I have strong opinions and they're right. And that's it. <laughs> I don't know what's what's funny. That's funny right there. I don't know what's funny about it. It's just this is what's right. And then I'll do crowd work where I'll be fucking with people and then I'll aggressively tell them my opinions Ooh. in a Tim Dillon uh, style, but yeah. with correct opinions. Interesting. But see, other people think they're right. Yeah, they're wrong, though. Uh-huh. They don't know see, anything. That's a funny angle. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have that. It's really funny because I started doing crowd work when I start, started producing a million shows and didn't have time and mm-hmm. I still had to host my own shows. And, uh, and then I got a completely different persona from my persona when I'm telling uh-huh. jokes because right. I'm self-deprecating in a lot of my jokes, right. but I'm aggressive and confident in my crowd work. <laughs> so they don't go together at don't all. Match. And then I just never had time to go back and write, write better jokes to make it match up. Oh, let me ask you this, because you—I don't know anything about politics. I don't care to know the Mueller report. I don't even know what that is. Okay. None of that makes Scaramucci all that shit. I'm out. Okay. I don't know Pence. I got nothing. But have you ever had a thing like? Do you take in a discussion when you have a point and you go, "I'm right," and somebody goes, "Well, what about this?" Will you actually go? I never thought about that. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Because what happens is no one does that. I used to have this argument with this guy I worked with at a restaurant. He was Southern. And, you know, this was in Maryland and I'm from Pittsburgh and I, I would just shit on the South. I would just make fun of Southern people. I'm Mm -hmm. like, they're stupid, you know, whatever. Sure. And, uh, and then, you know, he would be like, oh, the South is great. And it's like, you're you're racist. It's terrible. (laughs) You believe in slavery. And he's like, you know, the civil war was fucked up. Uh, you know, the North shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're defending the, you're defending the South and this, like, how can you win this argument? And, uh, it did make me learn a lot about the civil war having those arguments because then I had to go look up a bunch of stuff and then I just, I understood it a lot better. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I do see, I see. It wasn't like Lincoln wasn't just like, I'm trying to end slavery and I'm going to start the war. 
it was his idea was more of like keeping the country together mm -hmm. as opposed to like the with the specific purpose of stopping slavery. However, the South's specific purpose was to preserve slavery. It was 100 percent right. for slavery. He was arguing that it really wasn't about uh -huh. slavery, but that is an incorrect argument. But I did learn a lot and I did come, you know, I went like 1% or 2% <laughs> that way. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I, I have like a more perfect argument now because right. I, I, now I understand it. And I have a, one of my friends loves talking about racial stuff mm. and he loves pushing people's buttons. And so he'll come in and he'll just kind of, he'll kind of poke at me mm -hmm. with stuff. Black guy? A black guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have come a long way t toward him over the years in terms of, I think that most of what he said specifically was wrong. Kind of like where you come from, literally he was wrong, uh -huh. but the kind of the ideas that he was kind of pushing at me kind of about white, like even just general white supremacy that's like baked into society. Sure. And he has made me see his point of view. Yeah, yeah. No, I have, I have come around a lot. So yeah, I and I do like, I like having arguments, and I like, I'm, I want to be right. Of course, we all do. And but it's more important for me to be right right now than it is to be right about something I said in the past. Mm. So if I said something in the past, I'm not going to contort everything to make that comment right. I want to be right right now. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that feels like a flaw. Oh, it's a, it's not a good way to uh, live. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, like when I was thinking about like, what is your stand up and like, what is, what, what's it come from? And you know, a big part of it is you, you want to be liked. You're trying to, yes. you're trying to win the crowd over. You're trying to be charming. And I think mine is, I want to be right. Interesting. You want to be liked. I want to be right. I don't care if you like me, but you're going to know that I'm right. Yeah. And it is bad. That's not a, that's not a good way to live. Uh -huh. And it is. What do you think that comes from? Were you not listened to as a kid? Were yeah. You... What? It, so that's why I was, I'm also, it was interested in the idea of the, you're challenging these ideas because what happened, my parents got divorced. My mom was, had a tough time with it and couldn't really do what she was supposed to. Like she couldn't take care of us well mm. because she was all emotionally fucked up from it. And I was like six. So I had to take care of myself basically. Uh -huh. And not, I didn't really have to take care of my sister, but I just took care. I had to do, I had to wash my own clothes, you know, get myself yeah, yeah. from school, get myself to sports, whatever. And it made me realize that people who are in charge don't have legitimate authority necessarily. They may not, their, their authority may be completely illegitimate in which case there's no need to listen to them because yeah. there, there was no need for me to listen to my mom because what she was talking about made no sense. And then when I went to school a lot, if a teacher was not smart, I didn't listen to them ah. and I had no interest in anything. And they're like, you're eight. You can't decide right. what you do. And I'm like, I can tell you're an idiot. Right. I know this is pointless. Mm -hmm. And I, all through my whole life I had that. And so I just, my, I come in assuming that people are wrong. Yeah. It's almost like that. The, the mom, uh, kind of bailing out lit a fire under you. That's still there. Well, it, well, what happens is like, so then I would like go, I would go to my dad's house. Mm. Then my dad would be a regular parent. Uh, and then he'd be like, Hey, you got to clean your room up. And I'm like, I clean my fucking room up whenever I want to clean my room oh up. Like, oh boy. So then, then that was just constant conflict. So I was in conflict yeah. nonstop for my whole life over this stuff. And I, I was immature and doing dumb things, but also I was partially right mm -hmm. about, about these, you know, you do so much stuff in school that's pointless. It's oh, so much sure. of it is a waste of time. Sure. 
and babysitting. Yeah, most of it. And it's just like you're, you're just you're just wasting all of our all of our days. Like this is just <laughs> I know all for no reason. When you're a kid, you got a zillion days to burn. You don't even think about it. Yeah, and it's it's time goes so much slower then. Yes. So then you're like you're really like trapped in it. Now days are flying by, and I'm just trying to catch them. Oh yeah, it's like I'm like oh well, this is I mean this is almost over. This is just like cruise control. Yeah. To the I went through all the exciting <laughs> times now. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm such a productive guy now like i'm obsessed with being productive that's the one thing i enjoy and feels so good at the end of the day if i go i just list the things i did that day and i feel great oh that's good dude. went to the gym did my laundry i wrote i got a new bit i did four shows i did a podcast you know i, I did this i did that and i just i just sit back and go ah are you feeling any like built up exhaustion from this uh, do you get breaks? Are you getting time off to, to recover? I get breaks. I'll go meet a, my girl. I'll go to Italy or we'll go do a little day trip and to ski or something. And, and the whole time I'm just thinking about uh, I'm slacking. I'm not working. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say I'm exhausted, but I would say I look at it more as I'm going towards something uh -huh. and I can't get off the track. Yeah, definitely. Do you think, do you envision a future where you are not drinking much and you're yeah having kids and maybe maybe yeah i'd like to have some some stability financially yeah that's like the thing big apartment bigger apartment obviously i want a car you, you just know. gotta do like a couple of broadway shows then yeah. you can get married yeah <laughs> exactly i i i want to i need that hot pockets or something i need something that just yeah. pop for me i need to like that cleveland thing do you see that the interview the morning thing no this has been the biggest thing in my career i've done a couple specials albums a million conans you know whatever nobody cared on the road, you have to do morning press. Not here, yeah. thank God. But I did morning press in Cleveland. I'm hungover. It's 6 in the morning, and it's me and this lady, and I'm just like willy-nilly, who gives a fuck? And it it just took off. You, should, you go home and watch it. It's like okay. three minutes of me just being like, I'm hungover, I'm gay, blow me. She's like, how old are you? I'm like, black, don't crack. I'm just, <laughs> just being an idiot. Yeah, and yeah, it just yeah. clicked. It just took off, and she was cool. She ran with it. She was a pro. And I sold out all of Cleveland that weekend because of that video and then it went on youtube and it kind of went viral and like other podcasts picked it up and then some guy made like a montage about it and just that has i had people last night like i saw you on the cleveland thing that's why i came out wow so you never know last night last night yeah how long ago was it this is probably in february wow that's pretty cool maybe march but it takes a while to like get cooking it does and that i mean it is like another thing where it's just like well if you put a lot of stuff out there you don't know which ones are going to catch on that's because true. a lot of it is just by chance you yes know? someone sees it and reposts it mm -hmm. in a place where it, it it catches on yeah and it uh yeah, that, but so, I, I think I think you can because you have the you already have a built in uh, persona. You have a built in persona and structure of words that you uh -huh. use. Yeah, yeah. That you just automatically rip off. So like when you're doing those, like I've seen comics where they do, they hold the cell phone up and they say, "Hey, I'm in uh, Cleveland tonight." Right. And it's boring. They're just saying they're saying the information, but you're naturally gonna uh -huh. call people Jews and sure. Uh, well, again, it's all just like no one cares. I gotta make this funny. That's yeah. That's why when the guy yelled out Tuesday, I didn't say anything because I was like, it won't be funny. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Which is again, it's just a self worth thing. That's why I have so many laughs per minute because i'm like they don't, they're gonna get bored if they don't if they go 10 seconds without yeah laughing. i feel that way too and i have a tough time i booking sometimes because there are people that that are okay with having a lot of silence yeah. in their set but it makes me uncomfortable same because I, they could be great at yeah, it but yeah it's still it's me yeah i'm like i'm like the, it's i'm like i 
I know what you're doing and mm. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't want to present it because it makes me uncomfortable the entire time you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Everything that you're like the whole set. I'm just like, I don't know if this is going to, they're going to be a payoff at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And then yep. it does come. Yep. Uh, but then if you miss one, oh. then, then you go so long until the next one that it's, I'm like, this is just stressful for me. I like, I like a rapid fire comic yes. that I can just get it going and we can all leave happy. And I don't know how they do it because I feel like I'm on stage being rapid fire machine gun jokes, and I still see people seeming to be uninterested. Maybe, yeah. maybe just in my head. Well, but, you're trained. You want you're trained to want a certain thing, and they yeah, have right. They have a. They're accustomed to getting. It's just like when you're going up, you know, at bad shows before you, you know, mm-hmm. before you start getting booked on good stuff, and if you do that for too long that becomes normal to you yes. and that becomes what stand up is. Exactly. Stand up is just trying to make your friends laugh, you know, just get some reaction even mm-hmm. if it's not a laugh, then that right. becomes success to certain people and yep. uh, that's bad stand up. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Are you involved with laughable? Uh yeah. What, are, what is they 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 approach like a seven of us B Ari list, Bobby Kelly, Kreischer, Fitzsimmons just kind of saying like, "Hey, do you want to get stake in this and promote it with me and I'll give you like some stock?" And we're like, sure. And I don't know if it's made any money. I put I, I put this podcast on Laughable. Oh, I guess it's like the third most popular way to listen to it. Oh, great. After iTunes and Spotify, which is pretty good. I pretty think. good. Yeah. I think I think it's a cool app. It's a great idea. You can uh, the idea behind it is you can search a comedian that you like, and then you can see all the podcasts they were on. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear certain people specifically, then you can hear them on all different. Uh, podcast yeah and, uh, yeah it's a great idea cool. and i use it all the time like i'll just be like oh what's a bill burr thing that i haven't heard yet yeah definitely i think we're doing i think we've done a good job so we're gonna check out uh tuesdays with stories with mark norman and joe list please do and uh then you can see mark when he's in your town yes queef anal jizz check my website marknormancomedy.com i'm I'm, a, I'm on a date pretty much every weekend till christmas so right. I'm going to Portland, you know, Sacramento, Denver, Indianapolis, you name it. You're a machine. I'm, a, I'm not the machine, but I am a machine. Thanks, man. Thank you. Mazel. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.